Let's talk financials with Scott Bauer, the CEO of Prosper Trading Academy, is joining us to help us get ahead of the Fed meeting that begins today. Scott, welcome. Good to have you with us. Thank I you, ben. wanted to get your thoughts on what to expect tomorrow because, again, it was, seems like just a week or so ago we had heard this kind of a whisper of potential for a uh, 1% rate hike. Now it seems like 75 basis points, a little bit more sort of penciled in after some of the weaker than expected economic data. I guess I'm sort of wondering what you're anticipating we'll hear tomorrow. I, I think the big thing is, as, as is typical, is what is Powell going to say afterwards? I do okay. think we're going to get 75 basis okay. points. Personally, so I think we should get a full point still because I really believe that we need to, you know, just rip the Band-Aid off. I, I really think so, because, Ben, what's the difference if we go 75 now and 75 in September or one now and 50 basis points in September? Noted. So I, I think the big thing, though, is going to be what he's going to say. And, you know, th there's a lot of back and forth here. There's a lot of, you know, hawkishness, obviously, from, from the last several months. And they, the Fed took a hawkish stance, but now with much of the recent economic data that you were just alluding to, had, that has been so soft, so much weaker than expected, that may, you know, pull in the reins a little bit. And that may, you know, get him back to saying not that inflation is transitory, which he acknowledged that it's not, but that they do see some signs of things letting up a little bit. So uh, once again, they're backed into a corner. They're in a very tough spot. 75 is probably going to be the number. I'd like to see one. Noted. Uh, uh, Scott, in terms of uh, once we get the announcement tomorrow, kind of a little bit forward looking, um, do you expect we'll kind of remain in this environment where we have this uh, massive amount of speculation or, you know, you've got rates relatively range bound right now. Do you think that we could kind of settle into or accept where we are right now in this sort of, okay, let's wait and see, watch a little dust settle. We don't have a Fed meeting in August, so we'll have to wait, as you mentioned, for the September meeting. And again, whether they act uh, 50 or 75 in the SEP meeting, I mean, we've heard, of, we've heard most of the Fed speakers sort of leaning towards this heavier waiting things, uh, front loading a little bit, and then the dust settling period again, and ultimately waiting to see where we are. Where do you think investors are going to be once we get the news uh, again tomorrow? Are we still going to remain kind of on the edge of our seats, or will we have a, a period where we can kind of take a breather, a, a sigh of relief, or a, a moment to just kind of pause, wait, and watch and see where things are? I think what's going to happen, Ben, is regardless of what that number is uh, tomorrow, as I said, it's going to you know make a difference what he says going forward. Mm -hmm. But so that'll dictate investors. It, that's going to dictate, but investors have a short memory, and I think once we get some initial reaction, it's going to be all focused back to earnings now. And you know what? The earnings season has not Noted. been so great. The yeah. numbers, have, you know, the, the numbers in comparison to to lowered expectations. Okay, they they've been in line, but things have not been so great so far. So I think the market is in for you know still being on the edge of their seats over the next six to eight weeks or so. Obviously, this week is going to be a huge, huge week shifting on the earnings side to look at Apple and Amazon and Google and Meta and Microsoft. That could really be the telltale for this market, more so, in my opinion, than what the Fed decision is. Okay, so assuming the Fed doesn't rip the Band-Aid off tomorrow and go with a full percent, and assuming Fed Chair Jerome Powell doesn't really create too many waves in terms of the Q&A uh, tomorrow in the uh, question and answer session, the uh, press conference, the Q&A there. Um, uh, what does all this mean ultimately for the U.S. dollar uh, as far as? Because yep. you've got, again, rates, which have been somewhat range-bound, the Fed that may not necessarily stir things up too much 
Um, I mean, where does that stand? It has come off the recent highs, but one could argue maybe we're about to kind of consolidate at this upper level, I guess. Do we continue the trajectory to the upside? Do we, uh, you know, have we just rejected it with that V-top type pattern? Do we continue lower? Or do we now start to see something that's a little bit more overlapping and rotational as we, uh, again, kind of wait for that next move? So much as I thought that, that we have seen the market kind of bottoming out, not that we've seen about it, but bottoming out, I see the, the same, but on the top with the dollar, and more so because economies around the world, whether you look at the euro, you know, other currencies, the euro, look at some of the Asia Pacific currencies like the Aussie dollar, the New Zealand dollar, all of a sudden their central banks are going to start catching up now. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that is going to put some pressure on the dollar. And, and again, much as we have talked about, the dollar has been the, the best game in town or maybe the least worst game in town over the last several months, adding to its strength. And now that some of these other central banks are going to start you know, catching up or at least getting into the game of raising rates here, I think that's going to put some pressure on the dollar. I've oftentimes heard the dollar referred to as the driest towel on the rack, but uh, right. recently I heard it called, I think, the dog with the fewest fleas, Scott. But here you can see, again, some of the um, uh, trajectory we have seen to the upside. Now, speaking of that, this being the dog, here I like to call the, well, we've got the euro currency here. This is the tail that's in many ways wagging it. And then you've got the uh, uh, yen here, another product, again, that's been trending lower, as you can see, those two versus that inverse correlation uh, equates to a strong U.S. dollar here. Um, Scott, I mean, uh, you know, the other focus here has been uh, economic data. I mean, I, I like what you're talking about in terms of the, uh, you know, once we get the Fed meeting, once we get the Q&A out of our way, earnings being a major concentration point, all of this sort of, uh, you know, feeding into what we're seeing in terms of the dollar here and rates right now. Um, but talk to me in terms of eco data and what you've been seeing, because that's been weakening a little bit, right? I mean, some of the PMI numbers, yes. the uh, not only here in the U.S., I mean, we had some disappointing releases recently out of Europe as well. Um, you know, uh, but this week, continuation of what we saw last week, the focus here on housing, and that sort of gives us a little bit of a bigger picture idea in terms of, you know, uh, uh, that really pillar of strength that we had seen throughout the pandemic and these unusual trends that had developed there, which seem to be slowing right now, but maybe that's not a bad thing, but I would argue it's a reflection of uh, the Fed's initiatives here, raising rates and trying to ease some of the demand that we've seen. Oh, there's no question about it. And data has been weaker. But, you know, I think what the Fed is going to hang their hats on when they go through all their rhetoric and, mm -hmm. and their discussions is 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 bad as the economic data has been. They're going <clears> to <throat> excuse me. They're going to still point to the labor market okay. being so Very strong, strong. Yeah. you know, the, and it is. Yeah, it is. But that's what they're going to point to. However, that does not translate down to Main Street USA. It okay. really doesn't. It does not translate down to the fact that we're paying 9, 10, 11% more for everyday goods yeah. than, than we have been. And so the pressure from the eco data, the pressure that the Fed is facing to just fight these headwinds, uh, the inflationary you know, headwinds that are just not abating, they're, they're backed into a corner, Ben. And it doesn't sound like any of that's going to ease anytime soon, right? I mean, this is kind of the, the trend and we need to settle in and kind of get used to it. Absolutely. Now, the, the, the one positive is that, that we have talked about as well, when we get this, this GDP and then mm -hmm. the next CPI print, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the reason, in my opinion, things were so bad last month, especially with CPI, is because that included food and energy, mm -hmm. obviously, and, and energy when oil was up at $120, $130 a barrel. We saw gas at five and a half, six bucks a gallon. That's not there anymore. That's a good thing. So We'd the like worst is behind lower. us? 
I, I think the worst may be behind us, but it's not coming down other than the energy part of it. And we'd like to see it come down quicker. The, the rest of the, the everything that goes into CPI and, and what everyday people, what we're paying and the pain that we feel, that's not coming down quick enough. Yeah. Okay, Scott, lastly, um, talk to me about Bitcoin, what you're watching there, because uh, everybody was getting excited about a recent rally yeah. up and through this 22, 23,000 area, but it seems to have stalled out right now. I mean, in a bear market conditions, we were just talking about it with Rick a minute ago in terms of the charts. I mean, this is what you'd expect to see, right? Head and shoulders yep. patterns type, uh, you know, technical patterns, trend lines that get honored and uh, unable to breach and see continuation and time spent above. I mean, yeah, we're going to see rallies, but ultimately they fail and you continue to see lower lows and lower highs. Classic bear market rally here, but I think it, you know, in the case of Bitcoin, it's also facing almost on a daily basis, just such a black eye, such negative news, yeah. regulatory news, yeah. 24-7 it seems yeah. like. So it, you know, for right now, it is fighting an uphill battle, both from you know, the, the, the overall macro standpoint, and then what you and Rick were talking about with, you know, let's just call it what it is, bear market rally. And, yeah reaching those tops, reaching those trend lines. Exactly. Scott, appreciate joining us. Uh, great breakdown today. And uh, thanks for sharing your Tuesday with us. Scott Bauer, the CEO of Prosper Trading Academy, talking you, financials man. and uh, uh, some of what's playing out in terms of the fundamentals behind price activity as well as some key levels. Scott Bauer, again, joining us from uh, Prosper Trading Academy. That